Welcome to the podcast of God of Covenants Christian Center. Today, Pastor Ray Maldonado brings us the message titled, Believing God Changes Everything, and teaches us that God wants to change our reality for a truth that will set us free. Let's listen to the message, and may God bless you. We give thanks to the Lord, and I invite you that you join me in a prayer. Amen? Let us put the, expose this word, and I want to present my life before the Lord again in this hour. Lord, in the name of Jesus, I give you thanks, Lord, in this hour. Thank you for your presence in this place. Thank you, God of heaven, because you, beloved Lord, moves in our midst, Lord. Thank you, Father, because today, Lord, we can come before you, beloved Father, con- confidently and tranquilly in the mighty name of Jesus, Lord, to give you thanks first for salvation that is so beautiful that you have given us, Lord, and also, God of heaven, thanks for the privilege that you give us to listen to your word. And Father, in this hour, I present myself before you, and I ask you, God, that you use my life, Lord, that you take control of every word, God of heaven, and in that word, Lord, that you have put in my heart, Lord, can be transmitted to your church in the mighty name of Jesus. And that word that I say in this altar, that your Holy Spirit whisper it to the hearts of every one of my brothers and sisters here, and that this word not return void, but do what it has been sent to do, God of heaven. Thank you, Lord, in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. And thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen. Praise God. How many brought your Bible? Oh, we got to do the exercise, the proof. Let's see. All right. Bibles, lift up your Bibles. Those of you that brought your Bibles, because the pastor is watching from Medellin, Colombia, right? Okay. And notebooks. Notebooks. Ah, amen. Right? Where you're going to write the preaching, the whole <laughs> what you learned today, and how good that we could do it because it's necessary. It's necessary that we take notes. It's necessary that we study. It's necessary that we share what we're going to hear in this beautiful morning of the Lord. And I believe and I know that all that of us that are in this place, we've gone through or going through or will go through a difficult situation in a moment in our life. Why? Because we're in this world. Because... We're still in this flesh because we're still struggling and battling with all the situations that come daily. And in this beautiful morning, the preaching is going to go under the title, Believing in God Changes Everything. Believing in God Changes Everything. And we're speaking of believing in God. We're speaking about believing what he says and his word. We're not speaking to only to believe in God, but we're speaking about believing God. Because the moment, the given moment arrives in our life where more than believing in God, we have to believe God with all our heart and with all our strength. And I'm going to read a word, a biblical story. I'm going to take some verses of this chapter that we're going to be studying. And we're going to read certain verses from there. And and I want you to be very attentive to the word that we're going to read. 
because it's a beautiful word. It's a nice word that God has placed so that we know, so that we, to teach each and every one of us about believing Him, believing God. Amen? And we're going to be reading from 1 Kings chapter 17. You could read the whole chapter at home, of course. That is part of being a Berean church. Amen? We go home and we read the whole chapter completely of what they were speaking on Sunday. And we analyze it. And we think it. And we meditate on it throughout the whole week. But specifically, for purposes of time and for purposes of the message, we're going to take some verses of this chapter. Chapter 17 of 1 Kings. Amen? Specifically, we're going to read verse 3 and 4. And then we're going to jump to verse 8. And verse 3 and 4 says, Get away from here and turn eastward and hide by the brook Cherith, which flows in the Jordan. And it will be that you shall drink from the brook and I have commanded the ravens to feed you there. Now let us go to verse 8. And analyze what we're reading. Let the Holy Spirit speak to you in this morning. Amen? And it says, Then the word of the Lord came to him, saying, Arise, go to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon, and dwell there. See, I have commanded a widow, and I make emphasis, I have commanded a widow there to provide for you. So he arose and went to Zarephath, and when he came to the gate of the city, indeed a widow was there gathering sticks. And he called to her and said, Please bring me a little water in a cup, that I may drink. So she said, and as she was going to get it, he called to her and said, please bring me a morsel of bread in your hand. So she said, as the Lord your God lives, I do not have bread, only a handful of flour in a bin and a little oil in a jar. And see, I am gathering a couple of sticks that I may go in and prepare it for myself and my son that we may eat it and die. And Elijah said to her, Do not fear. Go and do as you have said. But make me a small cake from it first and bring it to me. And afterward, make some for yourself and your son. And verse 14 says, For thus says the Lord God of Israel, The bin of flour shall not be used up, nor shall the jar of oil run dry, until the day the Lord sends rain on the earth. Amen? We give thanks to God for this word. Blessed be the Lord. And let us go into a little bit into that setting so we could understand what's happening there amen so in this setting in this story we see different peoples the first one elijah who was elijah a prophet of god 
Okay? A prophet of God. A man who challenged an entire nation of Baals. He challenged the whole nation of Baals and that fire came from the heavens and everything else and manifested his faith in the Lord in that moment after prophesying and having overcome the prophets of Baal. It says that he was also in a cave that he was fearful because of the threats of Jezebel. Do you remember? And God had to deal with him there. And we see now in another episode, in another situation, in another time of his life with God. And there's Elijah, a prophet of God, obeying God. Amen? Obeying what the Lord is saying to him. I don't know if you noticed how God was specific with him. And he says, go here. Go there. To the place that is before the Jordan. To the brook in this place. And there I'm going to give you. And there I have done. He, God was, was very specific with him. God spoke to Elijah and he said to him where he had to move to. And more than that, where he had to go to, what's most beautiful is that Elijah would go according to what the voice said, according to what God was saying to him, according to what God was directing him. And there Elijah was in that situation. Elijah was in that moment when he had to pray and he prayed to God so that it would not rain in that place. And we're going to see it ahead, how that word was fulfilled. We also see the widow. And this widow, in that time frame, in that moment, the widows had a disfavored population with the, with the strangers, with the orphans. And in that time, and in that culture, it was a woman that did not receive any financial help or any social protection from any man. It was because her husband had died or because they had abandoned her and she was alone without parents, family, or anybody to take care of her. That was the condition of that widow. It wasn't an easy condition. At times we read quickly and we don't see what it means to be a widow in that moment, in that time. And in her case, she had a situation. She was alone with her son. And all that culturally that that brought with it. And we also see the place. It was called Zarephath, where God said to Elijah that he had to go to. It's called Zarephath, where this widow was. And this place comes from the Hebrew word Zarephath. Look, and it means a workshop or a place of refinery, not of modeling or anything like that, all right? But of refinery in the aspect of the jeweler, of the gold, of that part of refining, a place or workshop of refining where God was going to take him with a purpose. Amen? Where God was going to take him to fulfill a purpose in his life. That place means a workshop of refinery, a refinery workshop, because God allows us to get to places many times or to moments to work with us and so that we can know God even more. And at times we don't understand why is he taking me till here? At times we don't understand why is he taking me to this place if what's here is just 
thirst and hunger. That would ha that's what happened in Zarath because there was a hunger because there was a lack of rain. So there was a huge thirst. There was hunger and thirst. And God says to Elijah, go to Zarath, Zarephath. So they took him out from where the ravens were feeding and providing for him because the brook had finished. And now he takes him to this place. And at times we don't understand how God is moving us but God is moving us with a purpose. Amen? And God is changing our environment with a reason. And we have to start walking, believing God. Believing God. And this place was a pagan nation, corrupt, idolatrous. Look at where God is taking him and where he's telling him to go. A nation that was pagan, corrupt, idolatrous, and God allowed it not to rain for three and a half years in that place. And Elijah, by order of God, went to live by that stream that we read. And because of that drought, that stream is dried up. And he brings him to a different place. Believing in God. Believing God. Believing God when God is taking me to a difficult situation and where he's taking me where the situation is even worse, right? He's not taking me to a better place. The situation is like, wait, wait, wait. But you took me out of here where they were feeding me and now you're taking me to another place and what am I going to do there? And at times, God is moving in our life in a way that we start to believe in him more than believing in him, that we start to believe his word, that we start to believe what he said for us. God has given some instructions to Elijah and he says, you go there to Zarephath because there I have someone who's going to sustain you, who's going to provide for you, a widow. And I think that maybe the thought that entered into his mind, a widow and knowing that the widows have nothing what? I think that inside Elijah, he was like, what? How, how a widow is going to provide for me? And at times, we see the circumstances. We see the moment and what is happening in our lives. And we forget that God is speaking. That God is directing me. And I have to start to believe God of what he's saying to me. Amen. And I start to give steps of faith like Elijah said. So Elijah said, okay, I'll go. Because God said it. And God knows how. Because until now, he has sustained me. He had kept him until that moment. And if God did it until now, then he'll always do it. Amen? He will always do it. Believing in God, or believing God is trusting in him. Believing God is Trusting in his word and his promises. Believing God is the basis of all God's dealings with man. It is more than just believing in God. It's much more. But now that takes us to a question and to the first point that I want to touch upon. What or who do we depend on? What or who do you depend on? 
I like always to have a question in those messages that I bring because it makes us to think. Amen? What or who are we depending on? Those of us that are here, amen, and those that are watching. If we go to verse 4 to a part when he said, and I said, and, and, and I think in that moment when I read it, I, I made emphasis that he says, and I have commanded. God said, I have commanded. I have commanded. I have done. I am doing. What or who are we depending on when we're listening to God that God is saying to me that I'm with you. I'm in that situation. Verse 9 also, there's another order that speaks to us that God is in the situation because it says, I have commanded. Again, he says, I have commanded. He's saying all the time to Elijah, I am who I am and I am saying to you where you have to go and I'm saying to you what you have to do, that I have already prepared the place for you. When he took him there, to the brook, there was ravens that brought him food there. That's huge. That God gave order to ravens to go there, that he would drink from the brook, but the ravens would bring him food. They were taking care of him in a difficult time, in a time of need. And I have commanded, I have given order, I have done. God is saying to you in this morning, of what or who are you depending on when I'm telling you that I am God? I am God. The Lord is saying to you today, I am your Savior. Blessed be the Lord. The children of God, we should have a quality. We should have a quality. The quality of listening and recognizing the voice of our pastor of our God. We should have that quality. And that quality is developed when we pray, when we speak with Him, when we seek His presence. The children of God should be accustomed to listen to the voice of God, to be able to move, to be able to walk. Elijah knew that who was speaking to him was God. That's why he walked confidently. The children of God, we must know and recognize and know the voice of our God. The children of God should not depend on the circumstances. We do not depend on the circumstances. The love of God for me is not dependent on my circumstance. Because if it depends on my, of me and my circumstance, the love of God, then the love would not be perfect. And the love of God is perfect. Amen? The love of God goes beyond everything or anything we could think. It doesn't depend on the circumstance. It doesn't depend on the moment. The moment that Elijah lived a drought of hunger, homeless, it was contrary to all what he could have thought was good. Definitely he was not going through anything good. Humanly speaking, that is. Elijah had to depend on God in an absolute way. He had to believe God. He had to believe Him because there was no other way. 
That's why he knew that God was speaking to him. God was saying to him, Elijah knew the voice of God and knew that if he had brought him to that place, that um, there he had supported him, that he wasn't going to leave him alone there. Imagine after being in the brook and having seen those ravens bringing him food. And then God says, now go to this other this place that there's going to be another person that to provide you. If he says, well, if he did it here, he's going to do it there. Amen. If he did it yesterday in your life, he's going to do it today. God is the same yesterday, today and forever. Amen. He does not change. Praise God. Why do we doubt? Why do we doubt? The circumstances are going to be difficult. The circumstances can be strong. But God does not change, my brothers and sisters. God doesn't change. That it's difficult? Yes. It's difficult when there's a drought. It's difficult to be drinking from a brook and seeing that it's drying up. Oh. <laughs> and God said to me to drink from that brook. And now there's no more water. It's finishing. It's difficult. But God came. But he says, now you go to another place. Because in the other place, I'm going to provide for you. And I'm going to use another person so they provide for you. Amen? Blessed be the Lord. Elijah obeyed. He followed the instructions. Even in spite of everything he saw happening. And we, church... We depend on a truth that came from the heart of God. And of the many truths from Scripture and promises for us, we depend on a truth that came from the heart of God. And that truth is comes to fulfill in our life the truth that Matthew 28, 20 says that He will be with us every day of our life to the end of the world. Jesus says, I'm going, but I will be with you Every day. And that is a truth that came from the heart of God. And it's a truth from God. That he said that he will be with us always. Yes or no. And it's been fulfilled. That word. Blessed be Lord. And it also says. In Romans 8. 31. That if he is with us. Then who is against us. That truth came out of the heart of God. Telling us. There's nothing that can separate you from my love. There's nothing that can happen. No circumstances, no problem around you that's going to change the love that I have for you. Because he says, I'm with you like a mighty giant. And if I am with you, then who is against you? Then who is against you? And Jeremiah 29.11 says, and this is a beautiful passage. Jeremiah 29.11 says, for I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord. Amen? It says the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you a future and a hope. The thoughts of God, the Word of God says also in Isaiah that the thoughts of God are not our thoughts. That are higher than what I can think of. I'm seeing the circumstances, but God has the thoughts that are better and greater for us. God has greater thoughts and better thoughts. And in James 1.17, look what it says. In James 
chapter 1, verse 17, it says, let us read it. It says, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. Praise God. Amen. All that comes from God is good. Everything that comes from God is good. What God is allowing you to live, even though it looks difficult, it has a purpose and there's a reason of being. What God is allowing that you live so that you believe Him. So that you don't believe in the circumstances, but that you believe Him. Amen? Why? Because if we understand that there's a reality in our lives, a reality that we live every day, situations that are difficult, but that's a temporary reality. And that's the second point, a temporary reality. Why? Because look what verse 12 says. The response, the moment came, Elijah and he's found encounter with this widow, and there's a conversation with her. And he recognizes that this is the woman that God was speaking about, and he starts to speak to her. And he asks, he says, first, for a cup of water, remember? A cup of water. And then, he says, well, if this is the one that's going to sustain me, then I can ask for a little bit more, so give me a piece of bread. Because this is the one that God said, right? <laughs> So I'm going to ask for a little piece of bread to see what happens here. And look at what she answers in verse, I do not have bread, only a handful of flour in a bin and a little bit of oil in a jar. I have nothing. That's what she says in verse 12, if you remember. She says, I only have a little bit. And in fact, it's for me and for my son. That's what she said to Elijah. The circumstances that I'm in doesn't allow me to share this with anyone. I only have a very little bit of this. A little bit of flour and a little bit of oil. And it's for me and for my son. At times, the circumstances in our life makes us lower God to the level of our circumstances. And we limit God to the level of my circumstance. There's no that I can't. What I'm going through, no one has gone through this in life. What happens to me? No, this is terrible. No one in life has gone through this. <laughs> no one here can work with this. It's impossible. And we start to lower God to the level of our circumstances. And God is above all things. Amen? And God is God. And God has said a word for us. That he will be with us every day till the end of the world. And that he has not seen anyone lack. And you and I, were righteous. We're righteous through Jesus. And it says that he hasn't seen a righteous person abandoned. Blessed be the Lord. This woman was, yes, at the gate of that city. There was a situation. All that entered into that place recognized her. They could notice that that woman, uh, what, what she was or in the situation she was going through, 
But this woman had something from God. And even though we're going to see ahead, and we saw it beforehand, that it was a woman that looked like she did not know God. She didn't have an experience with God, a true experience with God. God had a plan with that woman nonetheless to bless his servant. And then in the way, same way, she would be blessed. Okay? Because it says that this woman had little, according to what she could understand. But many knew the reality of herself. Many did not know that truth. Even though many knew that this woman was in crisis, a little knew that there was in this woman an abundance and a truth that was going to change her story and the story of what was going on around. There was something in her on behalf of God because God had already said to Elisha that he had chosen this woman to provide for him, to give him to eat. Many people did not know that part of her. Why? Because at times we just see the circumstances God placed in each and every one of us, each and every one of us, something that no one will have. It's a blessing from God on our behalf that doesn't depend on my circumstance and it doesn't depend on what I have or don't have. That widow from Zareth had an earthly mentality. And we saw in 1 Kings 17, 12, where she replied and she says, as the Lord your God lives. And with that, she's saying to us that in her, there was no relationship with God. Because she's saying to him, as your Lord God lives, not mine. Maybe she worshipped other gods because she was in a pagan land, in an idolatrous land. Maybe she worshipped other things. And she says, as the Lord your God lives. Okay? And what is she saying to Elijah there is in that moment, that is your God, not mine. And with that, she's saying to us, was that lack of experience with God and how God spoke to her or God prepared her to receive the prophet, we don't know. But I'm sure that something was in her heart because God had already said it and she knew that she was before a man that was different, a man that had God because she says, as the Lord your God lives, she knew who she was in front of and in one way or another, God prepared her to receive the prophet, God put in her heart something. But in that moment, she says this, and she says, as the Lord your God lives, and that's when she says everything that we read. She says, I don't have bread. I only have a little bit of flour and a little bit of oil in a jar. And she says that I'm gathering a couple of sticks for me and my child so that we could eat it and so that we could die. She had no more hope. Even though she was in that situation before the prophet, she had no more any hope. They we're going to die. I imagine maybe they were very, maybe they were skinny because of the drought, because of the lack of food. And she's seen that situation. And many times, unfortunately, many people that know God have that same mentality. At times they think in the same way, they're in the same condition of that widow because many times our faith is not put on God. And we say it from the lips only. And we come to the temple and we say, yes, Lord, I love you. How good. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I confide in you. We say it many times just from the mouth out. 
But many times our confidence and trust is not placed on God. They confide and trust in their strengths, in their possibilities, in their own intelligence, in their own reasoning. And leaving God completely outside. In many occasions we do it and we make decisions in which we take God out of our lives. Why? Because we're looking at the situation and we're not looking at God and we don't believe God. That is God who's with us is not for everyone. Maybe it's not for me. Maybe it's for that guy. And we start to leave God on the side. The Christian people, oftentimes we live in constant complaints, in doubts. And we obtain as a consequence because of those doubts and consequences that our faith then diminishes and fades. We start to diminish our faith and we start to put our mind in the little that supposedly we have. And I say supposedly. In that, at times, we have in the circumstance and we start to look at the circumstance. Amen? And then disbelief is made present and we forget that the key to our success as children of God is to believe and to obey God. That's the key as children of God, to believe God and obey Him. As Elijah did. Elijah obeyed. All the circumstances seemed adverse. Everything seemed contrary to logic, but he decided to obey because it was God that was speaking to him. Because it was God saying to him that even though many things don't seem logical, but faith is primordial for Christians. Amen? Our faith in what we believe, in what we have believed in. Why? Because we go to the third point. The reality of God. There's the earthly reality of what we're seeing. But there's a reality of God. That you and I as children of God, we can't forget. Never. We as children of God have to understand that there's a reality of God. And look, verse 14. Because Elijah, listening to what she's saying, her complaints, saying, all that I have is a fistful of flour and a little bit of oil, and this is for me and my son, because we're going to let ourselves die here. So then Elijah comes, and he speaks the word of God, what God had said to him. And he says, verse 14, For thus says the Lord God of Israel, The bin of flour shall not be used up, nor shall the jar of oil run dry, until the day the Lord sends rain on the earth. So God had already said a word to Elijah. He had already said, you're going to find yourself with this. And that flour and that oil will not run out. And let me say, we read the story quickly. But three and a half years went by until it rained again. And it says that they were not going to run out until the rain will come on the earth. So three and a half years, it wasn't a half hour. It wasn't a day. It wasn't even a week. It was three and a half years where God spoke and said that that flour and that oil was not going to run out until it rained on the earth. And it happened in that way. Because when God speaks, God fulfills. Because when God is in the situation, God takes control of everything. Because if God 
told you, then God will do it. Amen? Even though we think that we have nothing, God says to us that we have the sufficient. We have what's sufficient. That woman said, I don't have a lot. But God was saying, you have what's sufficient to do what I'm going to do. You have what is sufficient in your life so that God can do what he has to do with you. Amen? God, you, you have what is sufficient in your life so that God can do with you great things and wonders. But you have to believe God. Amen? You have to believe God so that everything can change. Blessed be the Lord Jesus. It's impossible the one that draws to us that comes to us in scarcity, leads with the same scarcity. It's impossible. It's impossible. Listen to me. The person that gets to you with a scarcity, whatever it is, physically, spiritually, materialistic, whichever one, it's impossible that the one that comes to you with scarcity leaves with that same scarcity because you have power of God, because you have God of heaven in you. Because even though it looks to you like a little of what you have as a little, it's a lot for God. God, what he needs is that you be obedient and that you put the hand in there, in that jar, and that you take out that flower and you do whatever you have to do. God, what he wants is that you be obedient and that you start to give that oil so that you could see how it will continue flowing in your life. Amen. Blessed be the Lord Jesus. Your reality is not compared, church, with the promises that God has given you. Your reality, what you're going through in your life, is not compared with the reality of God. What you're living right now is not compared with the reality of God, church. We bring God down to our circumstances, and God is above my circumstance, amen? God is greater than my situation. God is greater than my problem. God is greater than my scarcity. God is greater than anything, church. But we forget because, oh, the water is flowing, uh, is running out in the brook. Oh, that they took me over there where there is only hunger and drought. But what is this that's happening? But you forget that God has the control. And that if he sent the ravens to feed me, He's not going to abandon me now. And if he has done what he has done to reach us, he's not going to leave us now. He's not going to abandon us. Blessed be the Lord. In that reality, in that reality, it's temporary. But your life is absolute. And he's going to channel you and take you in places where you're going to understand that what you saw in the past was the platform so that you can see the hand and the glory of God manifest itself in your life in this moment. What is happening now is the platform so you can see the hand of God. Amen. What you're going through right now is the platform that God is using so that you can see what God can do on your behalf in favor. What God can do. Because he can do all things. Look at this. Look at this. The woman was complaining that she only had flour and oil and only a little bit. When it's speaking of flour, look, look at this. It's referring 
to a processed word, a word already said or stated. When it speaks a flower there in the scripture, it's speaking of a word that is processed. God had already said that that flower was sufficient. God had already spoken that what she had there was not going to run out. Blessed be the Lord. And when it speaks of the oil, it's speaking of the anointing. I want to say to you that even though we're going through a crisis or a difficult situation, still you have flour. I don't know if you're hearing. Even though you're going through a strong and difficult situation, you still have flour. You still have oil. Amen? You still have flour and oil. And while there's a still, God can continue working. Amen? <laughs> Praise God. While they still exist a still, you can see the hand of God manifest itself in your life because there's a word, there's a promise and a purpose that you will see it fulfill itself in your life. While there is a still flower, while there is still oil, God will do the rest. Amen? You just continue taking our flower. That woman believed in that word. And she went. She made the cake for her. and her, First, for Elijah, because that was another thing. He says, make mine first. <laughs> like, almost like he got very comfortable there. Like, oh, make mine first. And says, no, 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 I understand your situation. Yes, I understand it. Go, as you had said, but bring mine first. And I imagine she said, and him, who's he? Serious? For real? I'm saying to him that it's all that I have for my son and myself, and he wants to get served first. Seriously? What we have is to give. What we have, what you and I have, on behalf of God is to give it to others. It's to bless others. What is God going to do? I don't know what, how and how is God going to do it. I don't know what God is going to do with that flour and that oil. But what I do know is that I'm obeying God. And I start to give what I have. And I start to give what God has given me. And you're going to see how God is going to bless your life. That woman started to give. He made his cake first. And then hers and her son's. And there was no scarcity. It still started coming out and coming out and coming out. And that woman must have been like, what's this? The situation in Zarephath had not changed. The situation changed for Elijah, for the widow, and for her son. In the midst of that difficult situation, in the midst of an idolatrous pagan nation with a drought and hunger... God kept and guarded these three. God keeps them in the midst of that difficult situation. And God keeps us in the middle of this dry world. He guards us. But I have to obey God. Amen. But I have to believe God. Amen. I have to start walking, believing God. Blessed be the Lord. The only thing that keeps you standing in front of the crisis is that there's a living word within us. Believe God. I don't know if you're understanding the word. Believe God. In the midst that what you think 
is scarcity, God is working. Amen? And I have to start giving what I have. And you say, but I don't know. But I don't know how to do it. But look, I'm in this problem. And like this? Yes, even like that. Even like that. Because it's not you. It's not you. It's not me. It's God that's going to do it. Amen? It's God that's going to give. It's God that's going to make the work in each and every one of us and is going to bless us. This what happened. Blessed Elijah, but also blessed that woman that didn't know my God in the same way that Elijah knew God. But he blessed her. And to finish and conclude, Elijah arrived with that revelation that he had received there in the brook of Cherith. And all that revelation, and all revelation, listen, is a manifestation that produces identity changes or changes of identity. Every revelation is a manifestation in us that's going to occur, it's going to provoke a change of identity. Definitely, even though Elijah knew who God was and he knew that he was walking in obedience, all that happened had to change even more his heart and his experience with God and even more to believe God because we know that we believe God. And when we see that he's working, we say, we go like, wow, but how's this going to be? But yes, because God is almighty. And I imagine that Elijah is saying, but I walk with God and I'm saying this, but look. There's more flour coming out. And I said it because I did it in obedience, but that oil continues flowing. And months continue, and we continue eating. And the years, and we're still eating. And the time advances, and it does not run out. It doesn't run out. It doesn't run out. <clears throat> and that can only be done by God. He changed the identity, even of that woman, that I imagine that she must have said, what's this? Even those that do not know God are going to receive and are going to have to recognize that God is real. That God is God through my obedience, through that I believe God. And we see God working on our behalf and our favor. Everyone who saw this woman, this widow, saw her miserable and happy. They looked at her like she was in a curse. It says that her son was also skinny, malnourished. And let me say something, one final thing. The son of this woman died. Further on, if you continue reading, it says that her son died. What? Would that woman have said, what? After I obeyed? After I did this, that my son dies? Where is your God? What is this that's happening to me? In the end, he dies. If you read it ahead. And it says that he was resurrected. It says Elijah prayed for him. It says Elijah prayed for him. And he was resurrected. Let me say something to you. The obedience, our obedience, is going to reach our children. Our grandchildren is going to reach this generation and the next one 
when we obey God, when we obey God, our children are under that covering of God. Our family is under that covering of God. When we obey God and we believe Him, hallelujah, praise God. Blessed be the Lord. When you believe God, church, your family is in the hands of God. Your children are the Lord's. But obey and believe God. Walk in obedience, church. Walk believing God that God is going to do His part. What corresponds to me is to believe. Believe that your children are a part of this blessing. That young man died, but Elijah arrived and he was there and God took him there. Not out of a coincidence. Oh, what a coincidence that Elijah's here so he could pray for the child. No, it wasn't a coincidence. Because God has everything under control, amen? God knew that that child was going to die. Of course he knew it. That he's God. He knows all. And that's why he took Elijah there. To bless him. To bless this woman. And to bless this child. And he resurrects him. When God determines to open, no one can stand up or be lifted up to close. Amen? When God opens doors, no one can close them. And when God closes them, no one can open them. Don't continue fighting with God. Amen? Because if God closed, no one will open it, church. Blessed be the Lord Jesus. God will change our reality for a truth that will make us free. Those that see us in a drought will see us in abundance. Because God tells us today that the flour and the oil will not run out. When God allows you to go through a situation or a difficult situation or adversity that you see with your physical eyes, open your spiritual eyes because you'll see life. Do not be conformed with what you're seeing. What you're seeing is not the reality. It is the temporary reality. It's there. But there's something beyond that. There's something beyond that. Although humanly speaking, this woman had nothing. Within the word that God had given the prophet, it was already understood that she had it all. She had everything. Because we don't depend on the reality that surrounds us. We depend on God. I don't know how many of those that are here are going through a difficult moment. And that you need to believe God. That you have gone past believing in God, but now you need to believe God. I invite the leaders to please come to the altar. Please come to the front and let us pray. Here in the front, there's going to be men and women of God that are ready to pray. But I want to make various callings. One calling 
first to salvation. If there's someone here that has never made a profession of faith, that they have never accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, that they never have made that prayer of salvation and reconciliation with God, if there's someone here that is in that condition and who has never done it, I invite you to please lift your hands where you are if you have never made that profession of faith. God is here to show his power and his power in salvation. Don't leave this place without the salvation of the Lord. We don't know what may happen in the next hour. God brought you here with a purpose. But if there's no one, let us give thanks to God for the salvation of everyone here. But I ask you that if you're going through a difficult moment and see that nothing is happening and that you need that your faith increase to believe God, this is the moment for you to come to the front so that some of these men and women here are standing here to pray for you. Please come to the front if you need prayer so that your faith increase so that you can believe God. You need to believe God. This is the moment of God. This is the moment of the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. In your presence, there's freedom, Lord. We worship and we bless you, Lord. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. We worship and we praise and exalt you, Father. Thank you, God. Blessed be Jesus. I want to make a last calling for the people that are visiting us for the first time. People that are visiting us for the first time. While they're still being ministered, those that are joining us for the first time, please come here to this corner of the temple to guide you where we will be with you. Please come to the front without fear. Come here to this side of the temple. Those that are visiting for the first time, let us give an applause to the Lord for them. Blessed be the Lord. Amen. Blessed be the Lord. Holy Jesus. Father, thank you for this lives that are joining us for the first time. Bless them, guide them, beloved Father, and thank you for the opportunity of knowing them, Lord. Thank you for the opportunity that you give us to be with them, God. Bless them, Lord. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We worship and bless you, Lord. Thank you, God. Father, in this afternoon, we give you thanks for your word. We, I give you thanks because today, Lord, you confront us, Lord Jesus, and you speak to us that we have to believe you, God. Lord, thank you for your word, your beautiful word. We ask you, Lord Jesus, that now, God of heaven, leaving this place, that your presence be with us. That this word, Lord, be in our hearts. That this word, God of heaven, Lord, do what it was sent to do, God of heaven. That even, beloved Lord, 
in the afternoon, in the dreams, in the night, you continue ministering your word to us, Lord. Guard and keep each and every one of our steps and bless every place that we're going to be, Lord. And that we understand, God of heaven, that we have what is sufficient to bless others, God of heaven. Thank you, Lord. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen and thank you, Lord. Praise God. Thank you for listening to our podcast. We invite you to look for us in these social networks such as Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. Search under the name Dios de Pactos Florida. And on behalf of our pastors, Walter and Maribel Arias, we hope this message edifies you. Have a wonderful day and God bless.